Have you ever asked yourself, am I a bad therapist? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Allie Joy, licensed professional counselor and board certified art therapist. And I'm Katherine Scare, a clinical psychologist, and this is Am I a Bad Therapist? Join us each week for stories from behind the closed therapy door. You'll hear experiences that made us ask, am I a bad therapist? Including bloopers, jaw droppers, and other difficult moments that normalize the unique struggles of modern day therapists. This is a space with no experts, no gurus, and no hierarchies, just humans sitting in similar chairs. And while we're not the gatekeepers for good and bad therapy, because we're bad therapists too, we are here to shine a light on the difficult decisions therapists face on a daily basis and to normalize that mysterious gray area of clinical practice that no one wants to talk about. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So, Catherine, I don't know if you can believe this, but this is our 52nd one-year episode, which also means that you and I have spent a minimum of 52 hours together, (laughs) even though we both know it is many more hours than that. Oh my goodness, Allie. Yes, I did know that this is our 52nd recording one year because this is a special recording block in my schedule, so... (laughs) We are recording our special 52nd one-year anniversary of the launch of Am I a Bad Therapist today, and we cannot wait to reflect on our, our journey, answer some of our listener questions, your questions for us, and generally give you guys a behind-the-scenes look at what it was like building the podcast, what it's like behind the scenes in our lives, um, our relationship, and just kind of let you, let you in. Yeah, and some podcast tips will be sprinkled in here if you've thought about creating a podcast before, if you have one, you want to level it up. So it is also some learning things that we have had along the way and the things that have also, I think, helped us be successful in this podcast in terms of like just the quality and the content and all of those things. So it'll be a fun part of our reflection as well. Yeah. And, you know, even if you're interested in in building or you have your podcast or you're just a therapist like us who had who have multiple passions and maybe want to expand outside of the one to one clinical work, we're going to be sharing some of the things we've learned, um, more of the internal process along the way of expanding our revenue streams and our services beyond our clinical. So. So we're excited to share that with you. And just like every other episode, this episode, even though it is our special anniversary one-year episode, it is not a substitute for clinical consultation, therapy itself, or ethical guidance. All right. Well, believe it or not, this is episode number 52, one year of Am I a Bad Therapist? Let's get into it. So, Allie, I know that we have had a few pretty good, actually a lot of really good questions from our listeners, and we're going to get to a few of them today, huh? Yes. I think the first one that we should start with 
Um, is so the question was, what was the biggest struggle or learning curve with starting the podcast? Feels like a great place to start. Oh, that is. That is. I've had so many learning curves. Allie, is this your first podcast? So this is my first like podcast of my own. I've been on podcasts before, but I have never been in the creation like phase and production of a podcast. Ugh. So I I uh, dipped my toe into podcast production, DIY podcast production, probably about two years ago, right at the beginning of the Teletherapist Network. And I think we put out about two episodes of therapists sharing their journeys during the pandemic. And I, I just couldn't keep up with it. So I did, I tried a DIY, which was too big of a learning curve for me. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty tech savvy and I do like learning new skills and new processes, but this one was beyond the time that I had to to put into it. So I I really thought I thought okay I tried a podcast it the, t- the time intensity was just too much and just it's just not for me I'm just not going to do a podcast again. I I kind of pulled the plug and I I was fine with that until do you want to take it from here, Allie? Yes, I think we've shared the story before, but um, I was a member of the Teletherapist Network. I had my consultation group, chatted with Catherine, and I had a dream that we started a podcast, and I messaged her and was like, hey, I had a dream we started a podcast. Um, do you want to do it? And somehow Catherine said yes. So that was our foray into the idea. And we're like, well, let's just talk about it. Like, let's talk about ideas. And that's kind of how it all started. Did. And to be frank, Allie, my first reaction to you asking me, first of all, telling me you had a dream to be on a podcast. One, for those of you who don't know, I have a big aversion to dream analysis. And it, I think it stems from my younger sister every day home from school would talk about the dream she had the night before. And and like monopolize the drive home conversation. So since a child, I just don't like talking about dreams. So when you said that, I was like, okay, first of all, I have all, never no. heard that story. That is so funny. I yeah. you've never told me that, Catherine. So first of all, I'm like, all right, Ali, Ali sharing a dream. That's a hard no. I don't do dreams. And number two, I've tried podcasts. That is way too much work. I am not doing a podcast. But then you've left out a really key part of you like coming to me being like, let's do a podcast. And that is the fact that you're amazing, amazingly talented and quite handsome husband, Austin, um, is our sound producer. And that was what made me being like, okay, wait a minute. This was the learning curve that I couldn't handle the first time I did a podcast, and that was the sound production. No matter what I tried, no matter what software I used, aside from hiring a podcast production company, which was outside of my budget at the time, I I couldn't handle it. And you had, like, when we say this podcast is in-house, it is literally inside Allie's house between Allie and Austin producing this amazing content. So that was what was like, oh my gosh, of course, like, I love working with you. You're going to take away the biggest learning curve I had. I love meeting new people. Like, this is a dream come true. Literal dream. <laughs> Literal dream and it, I'm just so glad that you had that dream now that we're actually talking about it. Yeah. And it is like we were very lucky to have Austin like on board with the podcast because it, like you said, it's hard to know all of these things and how to start. And even so Austin's background, he's a musician, actually. He way back in the day was signed to a label in a punk band for fun facts about Austin. And it progressed into him doing his own music and he creates and composes gorgeous like ambient um, instrumental music. But he also knows all the ins and out about sound, sound production, yeah. sound engineering. And that was the information that was so valuable to us because even now, like 
a year later, we're still improving our sound. We're still learning things. He'll walk us through even like moving our mics like an inch closer to our mouths, like makes such a difference. The room, because apparently, I mean, I kind of knew this, but like sound bounces off of the flat surfaces and creates like echoes and feedback and all of this. So he helps us like, you know, dampen the sound. Like, so we were very, very lucky. Um, Because he also did the music for us, which is a Uh big thing of like intro music. And then compiling everything together so we're very lucky in that aspect and I agree that made me feel better about starting it too Mm -hmm. because we had someone guiding us on all the important pieces because I think Catherine we both felt this way in thinking about this idea we wanted to come out of the gate strong we wanted Mm -hmm. it to sound professional we wanted Mm -hmm. to have a really strong concept from the very beginning and we worked, and I think we've shared this piece a little bit, like mm-hmm. we worked for months before we mm-hmm. ever recorded an episode developing the concept of Am I a Bad Therapist? Yeah, developing the concept, the branding, the language, because we really wanted, and that was also a learning curve, right? Putting something out there for the public. We really wanted it to be not only engaging, entertaining, and beneficial specifically to therapists, but we also wanted it to be in line with our values, our morals, and our ethics. So we really tried to walk that line of um, producing something that people want to listen to, something that's engaging and energetic and funny at times, but also maintaining that that professional standard that we do as therapists. Um, so a lot of thought went into that. And that was a huge learning curve, right? We had so many different ideas at first. And we did settle on, am I a bad therapist? I think we had a couple other names. Do you remember that? I, I actually just pulled up the document <laughs> because when Catherine and I started this, we just created a shared Google Doc um, that oh is now how, how many, many pages? pages? It's like 23 pages long at this point. It's like a brain dump extraordinaire with colors all over the place. Yes. So I'm going to read out some of our um, thought processes for name ideas. And this is hilarious. So we had outside the therapy room stories outside the therapy room, how to be a therapist, how to therapy, stories of the human therapist, behind the chair, therapy friends, still kind of like that one, um, cute. counselor chronicles, confessions from the therapy room. Oh, we, we, um, we liked confessions for a while. We did. We did. We also did a lot with expose, but then I think we ended up being like, oh, that might be too. We had like therapy expose, clinical expose. Like we really went with that for a while. And if you're listening and you have a strong name idea, I would love to hear what you guys think of our name or our old names that we passed up on. Should we have gone with another one? DM us or email us. I'd just love to hear your thoughts. So we did go with Am I a Bad Therapist because that was the thought that came across that kind of was the, the pervasive undertone or undercurrent of all of these names and concepts. It was this feeling of, am I doing this right? Um, because we don't have a really good set of checks and balances for the quality of our clinical work. It really is all clinical consultation. Um, and there's no real public forum to do that. Mm-hmm. And it was also important to us because we started talking about like what's out there right now. Like, yeah. And we found that most podcasts, which we love, but they often surround like learning something, a new skill, creating mm-hmm. something, Research. which is very valuable. Mm-hmm. But we also felt like 
for myself, I'm like, I don't want to listen to a podcast where I have to like take notes or, you know, add something to my to-do list. Really, really wanted to create just a space to talk about things and talk about the things that we don't get to. So I feel like that was a really strong like core to our concept was also helping therapists and ourselves feel less alone because yeah. this work we do can be so isolating. And that was another big piece of like when we were trying to go through ideas, we kept, I remember we kept coming back to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And wanting to like demystify this, this uh, thought or idea that like, there's these therapists out there that don't make mistakes. There are these therapists out there that don't that, that their confidence in their clinical skills doesn't waver, right? And that we're we're striving to be that therapist. That's not that's not possible. That's not that therapist doesn't exist. So we're trying to demystify that what happens in your therapy sessions, like the mistakes that happen or the good things, happens in other therapist therapy sessions. We're just trying to normalize and demystify what mm-hmm. is going on um, and the and the the sticking points behind the therapy door with us. Yeah, so but I did love our process so much of like yeah. really spending that time. And Catherine and I have shared that we work well together because we both we've said are like very high achievers with lots of projects, so we can kind of match each other on that and excitement and things. And again, like looking through this document, I'm just also impressed with us for like we really went through so many ideas even like writing out our intro script Mm -hmm. so many times like that Mm -hmm. was a learning curve Mm -hmm. of like trying to find the words to describe things also still always on a learning curve is that we regularly re-record our intros Mm -hmm. and outros as our sound improves Mm -hmm. which is really fun um another fun idea Catherine we haven't talked about on the podcast was the uh, art direction of our podcast too. Remember that was a big part. I'm looking at all the original logos. Oh my gosh, we had right that was through. all. Think if here's a tip. Here's here's a here's a podcast hack. If you're going to do a podcast, you should do a podcast with a co-host who is married to a sound producer and happens <laughs> to be an artist because it makes your life so easy. Because Allie totally ran with the beautiful, beautiful art vision, the aesthetic vision of Am I a Bad Therapist? Can you, can you, I don't know if I knew a lot of your internal process behind coming up with our look. Can you share that? Yeah, I would love to. So it was really fun for me because I am an art therapist, but I'm also just creative in general. And I love doing graphic design type things, but I don't do it often. Um, So we first started with like our branding, which we luckily we ended up actually using the teletherapist network color palette, which was great. And I started I remember I would send you these grids where I would go look at other (laughs) therapy podcasts and their kind of cover art. And I would just create these grids and send them to Catherine. Like, okay, this is what a lot of podcasts are doing. What do we like? What don't we like? Like, how do we want ours to stand out? So we also played around with like the couch idea. Like, how can you not, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's the thing with therapy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like a, you know, token or like identifiable object. Um, And also like we went with books for a lot of things Mm -hmm. and nothing was quite sticking because I remember again, Catherine, you went through it where I would just send you so much Mm -hmm. stuff as we were trying to find the right look. And it was, again, a lot of just thinking about what will stand out, what will communicate our message Mm -hmm. in like a one inch by one inch square. It's difficult. Yeah, I remember. I remember going through all those grids and I do, I, I feel for you in Austin because I think you're going to know what I'm going to say. I am not the most attuned aesthetically or auditory, uh, audibly. I don't know what the right 
word is there? I cannot hear very specific sound differences or see very aesthetic, like small aesthetic differences. So Ali's sending me all these. I was like, it looks okay. It looks good. And and she's like, but it's, it's something's off. I'm like, yeah, I, I guess. Sure. Like, but okay. <laughs> I was, I was, I was kind of, um, uh, I was in awe of your ability to see the differences. And when it looked right, I was like, yeah, wait, that looks way better. I don't know why. And I don't know how, but I see what you see. Like, I see what you see. So I fully, I was just like with you for the process, not able to uh, like help in any way, shape or form, but whatever magic you did, it worked. <laughs> Let's pause here for a quick ad break. Well, this feels like a great place to pause and talk about our sponsor, Jane. Wait, Catherine, who is Jane? Oh yeah, I haven't talked about this yet, but I am diving back into the world of private practice and I have a pretty awesome team behind me. And I asked one of them to find the best EHR for the price. And I couldn't believe it, but they actually came back with an answer. All of these EHRs can feel overwhelming, but one stood out from the rest. It had the most comprehensive features and it was less expensive than its competitors who've been raising their rates. Wait, so Jane is not a person? No, Jane is a practice management software designed to help health and wellness practitioners manage their practices with features like online booking, admin scheduling, customizable notes, and integrated payments. Mm, so it sounds like Jane makes it super easy for you to manage your practice from any angle. Now I have to ask, do they offer telehealth and what if I need to meet with couples or families? Oh yes, Jane does all of that. This means you can offer flexible sessions that suit your schedule and the needs of your clients. Wow. Well, listeners, it sounds like you should join me to learn more about Jane and their full suite of features as I desperately need to change my EHR platform. Head on over to jane.app slash mental health. If you're ready to get started with Jane, you can use the code badtherapist for a one month grace period on your new account. Hey listeners, it's Catherine here, and I'm coming to you today because Allie's not the best at bragging on herself, and I want to remind you all that she has an incredible resource available for free at our website, cccs.care. Allie's Creative Intervention Library is full of easy interventions that even non-art therapist clinicians like me can use with clients of all ages. Every intervention has a list of materials, an entire process video where you watch Allie doing it, and a written description and steps so you can follow along at home. Plus, she even has a list of diagnoses that might find this creative intervention helpful. So if you want to access a totally free library of interventions for when you feel stuck with clients, check out Allie's website cccs.care and sign up for free today. Well, let's loop back to the show. In thinking about like if someone does want to work with a partner and like have a co-host mm -hmm. or work on a project, I think our strengths, I think, is that we balance each other out very well because thinking about this and thank you for all of these, this great information about like the creative process, but 
Catherine, you bring to the table like your incredible talent in building systems and like strategies and optimizing like our behind the scenes. For anyone who's a listener, I don't know if you've known, but if you've been a guest, like Catherine has completely automated and built an entire system for our podcast in Airtable, which I had never used before. And I don't think that we would be able to operate as we do without your automation. So also, pro tip, besides, you know, marrying someone who does sound, find a partner who does like the most amazing organization and system building because we would also not be here without those immense immense skills that mm. still to this day every day i feel like you add something in airtable and i'm like you are the airtable queen like i bow down to you i don't know what i would do without you thank you ally i do i i can't echo that i do not know we did not purposefully look for complementary no. skills because i feel like maybe similarly like you are great at using Airtable, but perhaps behind the scenes, you wouldn't know the, the first thing to do for automations, just like I don't know the first thing to do for aesthetics or po- sound production. So we really serendipitously fell into a very complementary uh, professional relationship, right? Where I think shortly after we started working together, it was a very almost easy division of like, oh, systems really excites me and I love this and this is what I can bring to the table. Can I run with this and just ran with it? And you did all the creative um, sound and uh, visual creative from from there. So it was a really nice division that naturally happened. I don't think we could have planned better for that. No, I feel like if we had tried to plan, it wouldn't have gone as well because it just happened and we got very lucky. Um, But that actually brings us to a great – like segue into another listener question about how has your relationship changed over the (laughs) course of the podcast well we're still here we're having a one-year episode together as (laughs) co-hosts because some I mean I have listened to some podcasts where you know perhaps you know there's great energy um on the on the episodes but behind the scenes perhaps something's not working because eventually you know the hosts do split and they do go their separate ways um and you know, there's no big announcement here. That's not happening. I know it. I think too, like speaking to our process, like, and again, if you're working with anyone, like I feel like these tips are so helpful of just being open. Cause I feel like in the beginning, like, I know we've talked about this. Like I even felt somewhat like imposter syndrome of like, yeah. oh my gosh, are, am I doing enough or are we doing okay? Do things feel balanced? Like, is the time okay? Like thinking about all of those things. And I think, I can't remember if you texted me or I texted you and I was like, or one of us was just like, okay, if something like if you are you feeling okay, like just tell me, like please just tell me how you're feeling. If anything comes up, like we want, and we talked about that like open line of communication that I think also is so important when you're working with somebody to be on the same page, not have any like lingering feelings or anything. So I feel like I'm so grateful that we both were very receptive to just like let's just keep this open line of communication. Yeah, Alec, for those of you who don't know, Allie and I knew each other from the network, but we weren't. F- friends we were friendly we were not like text I don't think I had your cell phone number until well into recording or at least podcast production Mm -hmm. um so we weren't close friends we did not have this um I, I we went into this podcast not having a secure we didn't have a foundation built we built our foundation while we were building the podcast wouldn't you say so yeah, definitely. Um, and we've and, never met. Still, we have never met oh, in yeah. person. Also, <laughs> fun fact for listeners that will change soon. But we still have had a fully That's virtual true. relationship for several years now. Yeah, That's so funny. And yeah, the the text message back and forth. I think that came from. 
you know, you and I are both type A. You're type A, right? Work-wise, I think I am. Okay. You present as type A sometimes. Uh, at work, yeah. I can see how you yeah. would not be type A in other areas. Yeah. Um, so it's I'm very exclusively to work. <laughs> I'm type A everywhere. Um, but so we're both pretty type A. And I, w- I would wager a bet that both of us in college and graduate school were in group projects were carrying the group nine times out of ten. Like we were the group project leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going into a group project, with another like we're both used to being the leaders of group projects uh there I would say for the first couple months for me at least maybe not the beginning but a couple months in I felt very insecure at times because I mean Allie was just like we were both working so much on the podcast and producing such great things and like what Allie produced impressed me so much because it was so outside of my wheelhouse and she was just so good at it and was working at my level that it was I felt like oh my god am I slacking am I not living up to her expectations am I the slacker of the group and so I think and then Allie disclosed later that she also felt those same insecurities of oh my gosh like Catherine's out producing me like is she thinking I'm the slacker because what she's doing is so impressive like both of us were impressed by each other's work so much that we felt insecure about ourselves and we did have that kind of I think there were a couple I think at one point you came to me was like am I you know do you feel like I'm slacking my doing and then a later point I came to you and said the same thing so we did have um some moments where we had to say you know what like I think we're both feeling the same way because we both are high achievers and we just need to trust that the other one's going to speak up and we will speak up if we feel like one person is not carrying their end of end of the load at workload Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that was a really unique part of our like development of our relationship where we both wanted to, at least I wanted to impress you. I wanted to, you Mm -hmm. know, you to be like, I want Catherine to be my podcast partner. And yeah. Do you want to speak to that period for you? Yeah. And I also think about our listeners too, right? Like not in in our relationship too, like wanting to, yeah, feel like we're on the same page, always hoping the other person is feeling comfortable feeling like we're not doing too much, but also Mm -hmm. enough at the same time, which Mm -hmm. can be tricky because we are both very busy people with Mm -hmm. many projects. So I was always like, oh my gosh, am I asking too many questions or are we doing this? But then also thinking about the quality of the content we put out for you listeners, like it's so important to the both of us. And I think that also is like so important in our dynamic and in the podcast is like we are very passionate about this. And I do think it's so important to have these conversations in our community about Mm -hmm. just again, like that we are humans, like all of these things. And it's just so funny that it happens to just really loop back into our (laughs) dynamic and our relationship on the back end of things. It just is appropriate and it fits in all the places. It really, really does. And I also think our personalities work well together that we are not – I don't think we're natural. Mm, I should say I – we both naturally want to give of ourselves to other people. Like we want to raise other people up with us. And so I think that that really lends itself well. Like you're – like even if we didn't have this person – podcast, you would be a person I would want in my close therapist circle because you need those friends and those colleagues and those peers that – you know, not only want to want themselves to level up, they're always like leveling up themselves in an aligned way in whatever way feels aligned to you. But they're also, you know, helping other people reach their goals too. like they're helping other people level up in whatever way they feel aligned. So it's just, you know, if you're looking for listeners looking for a project partner, 
you know, that was that was one thing that really I probably would have said no to the podcast from the get go, even if like you came with your amazing art skills and sound production. If I felt like our personalities, if I felt like I was going to be the one giving and uh, the person that I partnered with was not a giver. I know that from my past experiences, that that does not lend well to partnerships for me. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's funny. I'm actually surprised in myself, I think, of like diving into a partnership. I actually had a business with a partner before a long, long time ago in not in the therapy world. And maybe I learned from it. And that's why I felt good going into this because it was a very imbalanced dynamic where it felt like I was giving a ton Mm -hmm. and maybe the other person wasn't on the same growth level that I had in like my vision of where we could go. So I think that helps that we're aligned and like, we want to do this. We want to do it well. We want to reach people. We want to grow. And I think that's another great part of our personalities that matches that we do have high aspirations, which can be not always the best. But I think for us, it works well in an exciting way of like, let's grow, let's build this and all of those things. So I feel like that helps too with that like same level kind of dynamic. Um, And I also say I think something so helpful that you help me with a lot, Catherine, is our boundaries around time. Because I... Oh, God, how did I help you with that? (laughs) Well, I think because with your automations and your back-end organization, like, we have very structured time blocks. You have it all through, like, the automated calendar process. We set our times Mm -hmm. that we record, Mm -hmm. and we don't change them. Like, Mm -hmm. if, like, right now, like, so we're recording this in March. This will air in May, so we're a little early, but... It's because we're booking into June right now in March for our guests. So I feel like there might have been maybe an inclination to be like, oh, we should open up more spots so people aren't booking out so far. But we stick to those boundaries Mm -hmm. and, you know, whoever's booking Mm -hmm. is like they can look at their own calendar, decide if that works for them. And I think that's helpful, too, with the boundaries around our time and having it like very clearly blocked out with the automated process that definitely keeps me in check from overworking because I'm a person that tends to overwork myself. Fill empty space with work. That is my Mm -hmm. MO as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's something for listeners, you know, that has helped me with my own boundaries. And the reason I had that big reaction to when you said you helped me with my time boundaries is because I, I, I feel like I am a little too rigid sometime with time boundaries. Um, and one, I have fluctuated from not being, from being too porous with time boundaries to now a little bit too rigid, or maybe just the, the boundaries feel a little bit more rigid than I'm used to. Maybe they're not rigid, but systems, having those calendar systems, having the processes in place that I don't have to think about setting time limits because they're already built for me has really helped with my time boundaries too so that is a little therapist hack if if you have difficulty setting boundaries make it as easy as possible automate it if you if you can so that you don't have to continuously set them and use that emotional energy setting boundaries Um, it's just done for you Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's funny because we, Catherine, you've developed this incredible automation um, and like whole system for the podcast we've talked about before. Like you need to make this accessible for other people. I know that is what. So I love building, um, building things and coding and everything like that. So that is one thing that I have gotten feedback from so many different people, people who have, you know, online communities. They're after me to, you know, sell my Airtable systems for that. And podcasters want the Airtable system for podcasts. We will we will potentially maybe maybe roll out some way to make um, these automation systems accessible to more people. Uh, Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 
Yeah. Well, another listener question that was really fun. Um, we spoke a little bit to it, but um, it was, do you have any stories you didn't want to air or at least had major, major reservations about airing? And I think that kind of applies to, again, even just hesitations when we were creating the podcast. Uh, do you want to speak mm-hmm. to that, Catherine, at all? Yeah. So when we were creating, I think the biggest reservation I had when we were creating Am I a Bad Therapist was client confidentiality. And I mean, that is so ingrained into us as clinicians that I'm sure that that might have been listeners, your first thought when you tuned in, like, oh, my gosh, is this going to break confidentiality? Um, So my my big my big concern was we really need this podcast to talk about have the therapist talk about their experiences and use the client content just as context. Right. The client context is is relevant for how we should or what the therapist share, what went on within them, how they made their decision making, what was their emotional reaction, how did they process it, and what did they learn from it. So I really wanted to make sure that every, all of our marketing materials, um, all of our images, and also all of our automation systems and onboarding for guests really focused on the therapist experience because I felt like that was, one, the biggest concern. I do not want any clients to ever feel hesitant to go into therapy for a confidentiality issue, right? We're already working mm-hmm. so hard as a society to help people feel more comfortable seeking out therapy that I didn't want anything to feed in or go against that movement. So um, that and then also, you know, just wanting to make sure that, you know, their listeners benefited from it. Like I felt like therapists would benefit from hearing other therapists' internal experiences more so than what happened with their clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my biggest reservation in creating the podcast. What about you, Allie? What was your scariest point creating the podcast or the yeah, concept? Well, that, that was a big point for me too of like trying to maintain confidentiality. I think even when we were coming up with our names, like we wanted something that was like that would make you click on it, right? Of course, because we want people to listen to this. But I remember, and even still, it doesn't come up as much. It was more so in the beginning that we felt like some people might not understand it right away and really think that we were talking about bad therapists or insulting people or calling them out. So that's why we worked really hard on our marketing and our descriptions to really help make the message clear of like, we're not actually calling anyone a bad therapist. We're talking about learning and our experiences and our human experience. And it will happen once in a while, maybe on social media, where someone who's not a therapist, you know, leaves a, like a little comment. I feel like we've moved from those where it's not, it doesn't feel as icky as it did in the beginning because we have worked so hard to create like a strong, clear message. But I was really like, oh my gosh, are people not going to understand this and think that we are actually the worst? <laughs> Yeah, that was that was also a concern of mine. Yeah. And because, you know, like you always say, the name is totally tongue tongue in cheek. We are all bad therapists. I'm a bad therapist. Allie, hate to break it to you. You are a bad therapist. Mm -hmm. And we're also not the judge of who is a bad therapist. We're really just speaking to and we wanted to make it. It's difficult to make clear in in a title, but in the marketing language, we wanted to make it clear that this is really speaking to, am I a bad therapist, is that automatic thought that pops into all of our heads. Yeah, Um, of course. And I think, too, we also have tried our best to be very intentional about the stories that we share. So we have a whole application process for our guests. Mm -hmm. If you haven't clicked on the link, it has um, maybe like five questions or so, give or take, Mm -hmm. really asking the applicant to flush out like, 
you know, what is this story about? What did you learn from it? Why do you think others would benefit from hearing your experience so that we can be intentional with the stories that are shared and being mindful of the appropriateness of that? So I know, especially when we got into episodes sharing about clients dying by suicide, we really talked at length about respecting that and Mm -hmm. the process and the therapist experience and the client experience as well, Mm -hmm. and really choosing how to do that in a delicate but meaningful way. And I think a couple other topics, like even like uh, client attraction, things like that, we just want to make sure that we're, you know, doing them as well as we can, as clearly as we can. But it's it's a tricky process. We want to do the topic justice, yes. right? We want to we want to do the topic justice justice with the respect and significance, but also talking about the things that are difficult to talk about. It's it's walking that fine line, um, and it can you know as the host, I'm scared at times. You know that still comes up, um, but I think that that doesn't necessarily mean we need to move away from it. Yeah. What's that? I feel like I read it recently. Someone was like, just because you are feeling fear doesn't mean it's wrong. Yes. Yes. Actually, that's that's a big motto of mine in my life. Um, it yeah. helps me take more risks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, you're still here, you're still listening. So we hope we're doing it well. But we also always love hearing when people write in or leave us reviews or feedback talking about topics they would like to hear about. And we're always mm-hmm. thinking of ways we can bring more of that to the podcast, really making sure, again, that we are talking about the topics that don't get talked about because that's yes. important. That it's like the core of the show. So we're always trying to bring those different topics. Um, and I love that about the podcast. I really do. And I feel so honored to be able to speak to all of our guests. I say it, I'm pretty sure every single recording that we do still to this day of like thanking our guests for being so vulnerable and honest and open. It is like such a valuable experience. I'm so happy to be a part of it. It's why I feel the passion for the show. I love it. It's just like the best to have, like be witness to someone yes. sharing these really vulnerable yes. stories. I always say I feel like it's such a privilege to sit with my patients. I feel the same privilege, that same sense of privilege I feel sitting with guests on the podcast. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. I love it. Well, our last question that we will share is what's next for the podcast? (laughs) What is next for the podcast? Ooh. I know. I have ideas. Do you want to start with ideas, Catherine, or what do you think? Well, I think something we talked about at the very inception of it is I would love to do a graduate school tour where we go to graduate schools and record episodes with the classes there. I think that would be incredibly beneficial and so fun. And I would have loved to have done that if I were in graduate school to have a podcast about being a bad therapist come to me. Like, that'd be so cool. Oh my gosh, I know. We have our long list of dreams. Um, I also always say it'd be so fun to do bad therapist retreats of like organizing it somewhere so we can all come together and have a mixture of like the structured consultation groups, talking about these stories, but then hopefully relaxing somewhere tropical, ideally in my book at least, but maybe we'll do some (laughs) mountain ones. So like big dream, Um, maybe we'll have some bad therapist retreats someday. I like bad bad therapist tour and bad therapist retreats. That is the, Mm -hmm. that's what's next. Stay, stay tuned. I know, maybe some merch. We got to make some merch too, some bad therapist merch. We got to get into like some sweatshirts. I feel like I could really rock a bad therapist sweatshirt. I like that. Oh, yeah, we should totally get some more merch. I would love to hear what the listeners, what do you guys want to hear next or see us do next as bad therapists? I know we are only two brains, so more, the more the merrier with ideas. 
I agree. Yes. Please DM us on Instagram, send us an email, leave us a comment, leave us a review, whatever you want. I would absolutely also love to hear what people want next from us because we really, at least I can say like we talk about the community too that we have built and it's so special to me. Like I love what has come from this of feeling like we are in a space that feels safe to share these things, these comments, to feel less alone, to feel connected to other therapists. Like that part of it is so valuable to me. It's just like that kind of came from this too. So I feel like that's such a great part of this as well and why we love hearing from you because we have our little bad therapist community. Yeah. And we'd love to keep building that and just bring more to you guys. So so let us know what you want. Yeah. Well, stay tuned for another year. Cheers to our first year, Catherine. Thank you to our listeners for sticking with us for 52 episodes I we talked about this in the beginning, but actually being here just it's such a celebration. I'm so excited we're here. So thank you to our listeners. Yes, thank you so much. It feels so surreal to be coming to you every single Monday for the past year. Again, such a privilege to sit with our guests, and it is such a privilege to know that you all are listening to us and spreading the bad therapist message. And one by one, we will help everyone feel okay making mistakes in the therapy room. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself, Catherine. And thank you to you. Thank you to every single guest we've had. Can't thank Austin enough, my amazing oh my husband. Gosh. I know. For helping us we through this Austin. whole process. It is the best. And just everyone along the way. It's just been so special. So thank you to everybody and to you, Catherine. And you back, Allie. Well, we will see you next Monday for a regularly scheduled episode of Am I a Bad Therapist? We hope you like the insight into this journey, our thought process, the questions. Um, and I can't wait to do this next year. Yeah, maybe we'll have some some fun parties next year to celebrate year two. Yay, we'll look forward to it and we'll see you all next week. Bye. And that's it. The OG Bad Therapists, Allie and Catherine, are signing off for the week. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We pick a few lucky five-star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15-minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind. From clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review. Are you a bad therapist and want to be on the show? Go to abadtherapist.com and tell us your story. Our podcast is produced and edited by my amazing husband, Austin Joy. He also created the music for our intro and outro. You can find this song along with many others on any music platform under the artist Air for Effect. And if you're a bad therapist starting your own podcast or wanting to level up the one you already have, contact Austin for his full suite of podcast and sound production services. You can find him on Instagram at air effect And don't forget, we're all bad therapists.